after crushing the Tuesday slate of the MLB DFS for DraftKings and FanDuel and some sports bets, we are back for the Wednesday slate. We got a late slate. We got an early slate. But we're going to focus our plays on the late slate. Make sure you go to windailysports.com and check out our projection models, our line of optimizers, all of our great articles that cover your pitching and your stacks. But today, Adam, let's get right to it, man. We don't want to waste anybody's time right now. The ace of the slate for the main slate. Who are you going to, my man? It's got to be Otani still. I mean, it only took him striking out 12 hitters to actually be priced somewhat correctly on DK. I mean, 9K is still pretty cheap, but, you know, it's better than what he's normally priced. Even on Fandle or prohibitive, I, I don't see how you don't want to start with him. He has a forty, at least a forty percent K rate to each side of the plate. The xFIPs are under two. Like even the bad start, it looks like it was just a little bit of bad luck. He's throwing a slider more. It's fifty six percent whiff rate. The splitter has a sixty percent whiff rate. And there's not a single metric in his pitching profile that doesn't scream elite. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. To, to strike out 12 guys and only throw 81 pitches through six innings, pretty right. much every right. every every K or every like every at bat that turned into that's that's 36 pitches right there. That's pretty much half of his pitch count came on K's. So if he gets stretched out a little bit more, you know there's massive, massive upside. To Otani in a slate where he's only priced at nine thousand dollars on DraftKings, he's priced. Listen to this one: he's priced cheaper than Michael Waka versus the Toronto Blue Jays. Something is broken, but let's not harp on that again today. Yeah, it's not going to be a decision there. Yeah, I don't think anybody's been playing Michael Waka over him. You know, we liked um, <laughs> Gaussman at a cheap cost last night. Um, he went out there and did his thing again. Thank you, DraftKings, for pricing him so cheap. It definitely helped us in our cash games and even our tournaments. He went out there and, and smoked everybody. Um, any thoughts to our guy, Joe Ryan? What what a name for a pitcher, Joe Ryan. Look, he's out there every single week. 70 pitches, 82, 85, but he's just consistently good. Tougher little matchup here, potentially, you know, against Detroit than he has in his last start. But Detroit, look, he, he struck out five guys in KC, six innings, no earned runs. Prior to that, he had a great start against Boston. Thoughts here on Joe Ryan paying up, paying again, more for Joe Ryan than Otani. Is is Ryan in play? Are you loading up on two top-end pitchers on DraftKings? I don't, I don't know if I would say loading up. It's definitely in play. Uh, when you look at Joe Ryan, Everything kind of looks in line. Um, I don't think, you know, the ERA is going to stick around forever. Not that that's a hot take. It's only 1.69. The XFIP is 4.05, which is a pretty significant gap, but it's only 16 innings. I mean, the fly ball rate is worrisome at 62.2%, but he's not getting hit hard. It, like, it's 31%. It's not terrible. And honestly, the way the ball stayed in the in the yard so far, you know, these fly ball rates, at least while the balls are flying like they are early in the season, they might be more livable than we've been accustomed to in the past because it's not a lot of balls leaving the yard at the moment. Yeah, I get that. And the price is right. 
you know, you, you got to pay up for some pitching, especially in your cash games. And you can still make a nice lineup, you know, with, you know, both these guys are going one over the other. But Joe Ryan over under seven only minus 170 favorite Otani seven and a half over under minus 190 favorite. So that's where you want to start building your pitchers and looking at the correct pitchers. Any love, you know, for this lower range, potentially the guy that I'm looking at potentially is Montgomery. Look, 12, 18 points last two starts. He's going against Baltimore at home. Montgomery 7,500 is probably your best bet for a cheap pitcher. Over-under is eight, minus 260 favorite on the slate. Thoughts on Montgomery for a cheaper SP2 if you want to pay up for your bats? Yeah, I, I'm going to bet that he will probably be the chalk of the slate as far as the SP2 goes. But I'm kind of also looking at Christian Javier, who's coming out of the bullpen uh, for the Astros. He's been pitching long relief. Uh, the exit's 235. He hasn't been hasn't given up an earned run yet. The K rate is over 38%, which, okay, he's in the bullpen sometimes that spikes K rates. But, like, even last season, it was over 30%. It, it was still really good. He's supposed to be limited to around 70 to 80 pitches. So that is a small concern. But at the same time, he's 7,000. You know, you, you don't need him to go into the seventh inning, only giving up two runs and striking out 10 guys here, like you do with some other pitchers. At 7,000, especially if Montgomery is really, really chalky, I could see Javier being a really nice pivot at that same price point. Yeah, I'm going to mention two guys that you might yell at me for, and, and if you want to yell at me, go right ahead. Uh, Michael Pineda, a lot of people stacked against him versus the Yankees, and he went out there and had a good game, man. Not a lot of pitches, though. 60 pitch count. Two Ks, but only three hits, no earned runs through five. He went clean, got you 17 and a half points. He's going against Minnesota. A couple good bats, but a couple weak bats as well. And the other guy I mentioned, this is probably the one you're going to yell at me for, Jacob Junis. Like, I pitched him a couple times last year in the right spots. I didn't even know. I didn't even see him on his first start, to be totally honest with you. Must have been a, a day game or not on a main slate. But Junis went out there against a weak Washington lineup. Five innings, three hits, no earned runs, and four Ks. And he gets a pretty soft matchup. And San Fran's smart. They picked up Junis for a reason. They didn't go out there. They don't make bad signings typically at the start, no, you know, starting rotation. So they probably figured something out with this dude. He's 6K against Oakland at home. Give me five innings. Give me five Ks. Give me 15 points, possibly a win. I'm kind of happy at 6K. You know, thoughts on Pineda and, and Junis potentially? Yeah, I'd, if I had to pick one, you know, right now, I'd probably side with, with Junis in San Francisco against Oakland. But honestly, like, those two guys are probably going to be about as low as you can go. You know, we use uh, Glenn Otto in his last start. He paid off immensely with, with 21 DK points. Uh, he was a guy that came over in the Joey Gallo trade from the Yankees. I'm not sure if I want to try my luck again against Houston. I mean... I don't know. Houston's been kind of hot and cold. So it's not, it may not be like as terrifying as normal, but I'd probably still save the 500 and just pitch Eunice in San Francisco against Oakland before I went against Houston. Yeah. So it's time to get our stacks on here. I'm going to go through some over unders here. It looks like the Blue Jays and Red Sox over under a nine, probably your top run uh, producing lineups, you know, on the slate with Waka and Stripling going against each other. Then you got the Yankees who, 
you know, stepped up on Tuesday. They got an over-under of eight in that game, which is basically all on the Yankees. So the Yankees are probably going to have like a, a five-run total, five-and-a-half run total. Those are the two big dogs. And then you got the Atlanta Braves, who have been kind of quiet, going against Mark Leiter Jr., who was supposed to be a top prospect and looked filthy in college, but, you know, starting to struggle a little bit. And then you got the Astros and Rangers also at eight and a half. What are your favorite stacks of the night when looking at the slate this early? Yeah, I think it's exactly who you mentioned. Um, If I had to pick my absolute favorite, it's probably going to be the Yankees. Anytime those bats are starting to get warm, it's usually time to jump on them because it's, it's a very boom and bust offense. So when they're hitting well, it usually kind of tends to come in bunches. And right before that, man, they were pretty much ice cold outside of a bat or two. Um, So I'd say the Yankees are probably one. And then I think Atlanta is probably going to be number two for me. I like those two calls there. They make a lot of sense. You know, I think both the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, you know, these are guys that, you know, kind of washed up from a pitching perspective. Waka has been better. Stripling has struggled a bunch. And then you really can't count out, you know, Houston on any given slate. They've been kind of disappointing, but, you know, they're going against the young boy in Otto here. Not a not a position I want to go ahead and stack up, but definitely a position where you can look at them again. And then Atlanta, you know, going against Leiter Jr. here. Jr. has struggled out the gate. Big prospect, but look at his two game logs. They don't look that good. One was in Coors Field. And then Pittsburgh even hit him up for a couple runs here. So he's been struggling, pitch count up, but supposed to be the real deal here. So I would temper with some caution. He will figure things out. He could figure things out maybe in his third start. Young kid. Um, but this is a stack that you got to look at. I'm a little worried about the Braves because they've been struggling um, to get things cooking offensively. So I'm not sure if they're hot yet, but also be careful. It's been cold in the Northeast. It's definitely been cold. So, Yankee Stadium will be cold. Washington will be cold. I'm assuming Minnesota is still cold, too. So you kind of want to look at some some lineups where are hitting in comfortable ballparks. Might be down to 40, 45 degrees, 50 degrees um, at Yankee Stadium on, on Wednesday night. So be careful there and make sure you're checking some weather because, you know, it could rain in some of these East Coast towns as well. Going to our gas can of the night, we mentioned some bad pitching. We mentioned some guys. Adam. Who's your numero uno gas can of the night on Wednesday? Yeah, I still think it's Leiter Jr. Um, I know one of his starts came in cores, but he's still been worse to the right side of the plate. The Braves should have plenty of righties in this lineup. Um, he had he did strike out 25%, and he also has a 3.00 home run for nine. Uh, the FIP is approaching seven, so that's not, not ideal to be sure. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just think that, like, at this point, you, or Atlanta's just too talented to stay quiet forever, and this could be that kind of pitcher that really just snaps them out of everything. Yeah, let me ask you a question about the other pitcher. Um, typically, Chicago's been kind of weak offensively unless the wind's blowing out. Thoughts on Morton potentially to stack against, potentially to pitch. What do you make of Morton so far? Is it just tough matchups going back-to-back San Diego and the Dodgers were – you know, he had two rough starts, let up three home runs in the last two games. He looked good, you know, in his opening start against Cincinnati at home. But these two road starts have been troublesome from him. What do you expect to have Charlie Morton? And is he 
starting to decline, or is it just a, a bad matchup and a bad run of, of, of certain games? I mean, it always could be some decline, right? You know, this guy isn't a spring chicken. I, he's pushing late 30s at this point in his career. But that first start, like, I can't quite get away from. You know, he, he looked really sharp. He only threw 78 pitches, still put up 20 DK. Now he's dropped 8,200. And San Diego is kind of a, you know, a hit and miss matchup right now. Some nights they look like a world beater offense. Some nights they look like they can't do anything. But, you know, the Dodgers lineup, it's kind of like a quarter's field start. I'm never really going to take much away from that start or really hold it hold it against a pitcher like, oh, well, you sucked against the Dodgers. Well, you know what? They're going to make a lot of pitchers look bad. So I don't think that that start has necessarily a ton of weight to carry from it. So at 8,200 against the Cubs lineup that, you know, isn't the scariest on paper, I'll probably end up on more on pitching him than I would be uh, stacking against him. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. Now, when you're looking for value, look, we we talked about some pitchers that we do want up top. There's, there's you know, two guys, Otani, Joe Ryan. There is some value at the, the bottom half here. We mentioned Montgomery. You mentioned Javier. Pineda, Junis, both of them are playable. When we're talking about bats here, I see a couple of value spots in Boston. You get a couple Boston bats. If you need them, they're down there like a, a Jackie Bradley Jr. Potentially, you know, got to see what this line rolls out. Verdugo is, is 3,400, but like I said, Bradley Jr., 2,200. There might be some other bats here when lineups roll out that can go out there and seek some value for your bats. Where are you at, though? Where's your favorite value to be had as far as, you know, your batting lineup goes? Yeah, I'm kind of sticking in Atlanta because Adam Duvall, if you just look at the stats, on the surface, he you know he's not really doing much. Um, doesn't have a home run yet, but then you kind of look a little bit deeper. He's still in the 85th percentile on exit velocity, 74th percentile hard hit rate, and his launch angle is actually up this year. It was 23.6 percent or 23.6 degrees last year. It's up to 29.9 degrees uh, so far this year. This is a guy that hit 40 home runs last season, like, and he is just dirt cheap because you know the hits just haven't fallen. But if you look at that profile a little bit deeper, he looks like he's kind of on that verge of a breakout, and he's only 2,500. Even if he doesn't do much, it, like 2,500 is really hard to completely kill you. Yeah, look, that's a that's a great spot to be in. And there might be some other cheap bats out in, in Atlanta as well because they have some guys at the bottom of that lineup that, you know, maybe they're not world beaters, but – if Dickerson gets a start, Demerit gets a start, they're $2,100 each. So that whole entire outfield until Acuna gets back and Rosario gets back, they're going to be filling in and mixing and matching. You got to worry a little bit, you know, about potential pinch hit risk. But at the bottom of that lineup, those outfielders, six, seven, eight, little mini stack out of Atlanta. And then you can pay off for the top dogs that you probably also want in Matt Olson and Albie. So, Go cheap with the outfield, come back around, um, and go expensive with the top half of the Atlanta stack. Makes a lot of yeah. sense. Boston is cheap as well. Now, Adam, looking at the sports books, we've been hot. You know, Milwaukee came through for us uh, on Tuesday. That was my my favorite bet of the day. And you you were littering in some props, you know, in our expert chat in our article as well. You know, hopefully you cash those uh, on Tuesday night as well. But what are you looking at for the Wednesday slate early, late? It really doesn't matter to me. We just want to make people money at the sports books. What are you looking at currently? Yeah, I think the top two that I'll be waiting on 
is the Otani K prop, which it's hovered, it's been around six and a half, and it's been plus money a lot in, in his first three starts. So that's paid off twice. I don't know if they'll give a six and a half at plus after striking out 12. They, they might bump it up a little bit. So we'll see where he lands. And then Pablo Lopez as well against the Nationals. I'll be looking to see what kind of lineup they roll out and then where his K prop is. His, his strikeouts haven't been quite there yet, but like that last start, he kind of started to find the mojo a little bit, struck out nine hitters. So if we get like a five and a half somewhere in that neighborhood, that's going to be we're probably right in the wheelhouse. Yeah, one thing I'm looking at early, you know, the line is plus 125. Kind of like Boston again, stripling. You know, Toronto is the better overall team. Waka, at this point in his career, better overall pitcher. He's been, he hasn't, you know, chalked up a loss 1-0 on the season. And on the backside of this, stripling has been bad. He has not been, you know, 4.5 year array. You know, in most of the games he's pitched in, you know, Boston or Toronto. Toronto has gone, you know, ahead and won the game here. But give me plus money on the Boston Red Sox to try to pull off an upset in Toronto. Kind of like the first five, too, but I'm going to stick to the game. I think they get to Stripling, get to him early, and hopefully the bullpen can hold the game for Walker. Walker's just a better pitcher right now. Give me plus 115, plus 120 on the Red Sox for my better today. Adam is always going to post his props in Discord at winddailysports.com. So hop in our expert chat, you know, go to Discord, hop in there, chat with him. We're discussing lineups all day, every day. And then make sure you go to our articles. He's got one of the best pitching articles out there. Our guy Ghost is manning up our projection model as well. Lineup optimizer. Like and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss all these. We have a big um, draft podcast coming up and live stream on Thursday as well. So tune into that. We're going to be out of here. We'll be back on Thursday for another show. So make sure you lock in with us. Good luck in your games on Wednesday. And we are out of here again.